Week one is here. The Titans play at the Saints this weekend. We're going to preview everything that you need to watch in that game, including if the Titans can pull out the victory. This is the Music City Audible. Let's get to it. We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast. I'm Justin Graver. Joining me, as always, Justin Mello. And that's right, Justin, like I said, this is it. Week one is here. We've been waiting all offseason to finally talk about an actual football game that matters. And it's here. Justin, how you doing? This feels good. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it doesn't feel good because it does feel good. I mean, wow. We're previewing a football game, that we a real football game, week one. We got a guest later, a terrific guest that's going to come on and give us the Saints perspective. If you've been listening to this show for years, which I know you have been, you know that Who we hasn't? typically do you know, a 20, 30-minute preview of our own. Then we bring in a guest to give you a perspective from the other fan base, things to look out for, because we want to give you a well-rounded perspective. I can't believe it's here. Yeah, me neither, and I'm so excited to see what this 2023 iteration of the Titans looks like when they take the field. And let's start right there. Things we're most excited to see and most excited to learn about this team. Number one for me has to be Tim Kelly's offense. How different does it look? How much better does it look? Will we see the more early down passing that, you know, all those early down runs last season was pretty much the doom of this offense, the reason that Todd Downing was fired, in addition to just poor situational play calling in general. We've seen some cool stuff from Tim Kelly in the preseason that, you know, they're keeping it vanilla, so we haven't seen a lot of schemes or things like that. But the play action out of shotgun is a new element that we didn't see a lot of from the, you know, the last, I mean, ever really under Arthur Smith through Todd Downing, that wasn't a huge factor in this offense. We saw a good bit of that in the preseason. I'm just excited to see how all the pieces come together and to know, like, is Tim Kelly going to take this offense to the next level? Because I am hopeful that he can. Well, I'll tell you what, I spent a lot of time sort of researching this matchup against the New Orleans Saints. And I wrote a, a really, you know, a great article for Broadway Sports Media on this matchup. It's probably up by the time you listen to this. But the more I look into this game, the more excited I am about the opponent. You know, when the schedule came out, it's like it was a bit of a weird matchup, right? Not a familiar opponent, obviously. They're in the NFC. The Titans only play them once every four years until we, you know, we move to a 17-game schedule, and they happen to be the Titans' 17th game a few years ago. With that said, these two teams don't see each other very often. So uh, coming out of the gate, it seemed like a strange matchup, but the more that I've looked into it, I'm really excited. I'm going to get into some of those points. I'll turn it back to you before I do, but... Uh, Tim Kelly certainly is the launching point for all this, right? The debut of the official debut of his offense. I thought for the most part, what they did in the preseason was very vanilla, right? I'm not going to take a lot away, especially, you know, Ryan Tannehill plays one game. He hands off the ball three times in a row and then he goes to the (laughs) bench. We didn't even see the starting quarterback attempt a a pass in the preseason. So for the Tim Kelly thing, how different is it from Todd Downing's offense? The early down runs, like you mentioned, um, do they call more passing plays, especially on first and second down? Not only not when it's third and 13 and they have to throw the ball. Uh, so how different is going to look from Todd? Is it going to be a more well-balanced offense, right? It, I think is the key here. Are they actually going to run Derrick Henry less 
than they have right. in the past, right? Those are all the things that I'm excited to see about Tim Kelly. But there are a lot of things that, about this matchup that excite me that I want to get into, but I'm going to turn it back to you first. Yeah, one last thing I'll say about what I'm excited to see from the offensive side is can the offensive line hold up? It's a completely rebuilt unit. No player is playing at this, at least not at the same position they played last year on this starting lineup. Nicholas Petit-Ferrer suspended for the first six games, so a new right tackle in Chris Hubbard, new right guard in Daniel Brunskill, Aaron Brewer moving from left guard to center, so a new position for him that should benefit him, especially considering he'll see less one-on-one pass-blocking matchups, especially against like those really... Uh, tough to block three techs. He'll be more of a, in a help role there at the pivot. New left guard, first round pick, Peter Skaronsky, and a new left tackle, former first round pick who fell out of favor with the Eagles and Andre Dillard. Can this group hold up? Will Tim Kelly help them by by incorporating more quick passing concepts into this offense, more three, five-step drops that get the ball out of Tannehill's hands quickly so we don't have to you know sit there and watch Tannehill pat the ball behind a bad offensive line and eventually get taken down for a sack? Those are the things I'm, I'm also looking forward to seeing here. But let's go go ahead and move on to the matchups you're most excited to look at when it comes to this uh, this game. Well, you talked about the Titans offensive line. I think I'd be crazy not to talk uh, to mention Cameron Jordan, right? The New Orleans Saints' premier pass rusher return, the ageless Cameron Jordan. I believe he's entering his 13th yeah. year in New Orleans. But you'd be foolish to think he's not very effective, uh, even you know with his advancing age. He led them in sacks last year. This was a team that had like 48 sacks last year. They, I think they finished fifth or sixth in the NFL, and he led them in sacks. So what's he going to do? That's a great matchup for Andre Dillard and Chris Hubbard as we sort of test um, this new offensive line specifically on the edges because Cameron Jordan's a handful. I don't know about the secondary rushers very much. They got a couple of young guys, Peyton Turner, who they've been disappointed with as a former first-round pick. They added uh, the, the rusher out of Notre Dame, Isaiah Foskey, in the middle rounds. I think it was actually, sorry, the second round, I believe it was. Um, so, you know, those guys – First game for Foskey, Turner's trying to prove himself. You probably aren't overly worried with them. So it's not a, a particularly deep group on the edges, although I do think I, I forgot to mention Carl Granderson. I think he's a very good underrated player. But certainly Cameron Jordan is where the focus has to be. And they'll move him around and, and look for the matchup. And it's they're probably going to find it on the right side, right, against Chris Hubbard. So yeah. huge test for Chris Hubbard. Um, in terms of the interior, when I think of Aaron Brewer and Peter Skaronsky and even Brunskill, I think this is actually a good spot for them. You're not going to see a dominant, uh, you know, pass rushing three tech on the New Orleans Saints, right? Whether it's, you know, Kalen Saunders, Nathan Shepard, I, I believe they're starting two new guys on the interior this year after they really struggled in that area last year. So, but, but neither player comes over, you know, Saunders coming from the chiefs Shepard from the jets, neither players got this reputation as being, you know, sort of a double digit sack guy. That's going to give you fits from the three tech position. So I actually fairly like this matchup, at least from a pass rushing perspective for Skaronsky and Brewer, that'll be big for them. I think it's important for both of them to get off on the right foot, certainly for Skaronsky to sort of build some confidence coming out of his first NFL game. And for Brewer, who sounded very confident in his press conference the other day about playing center and very confident about this O-line in general, it's important for him to get off to a good start as he sort of continues accepting, you know, and acclimating that he's playing center on a full-time basis. If he goes out there and gets his butt kicked, uh, you know, that, that would probably hurt. But uh, I like the matchup for the Titans on the interior. I don't like it so much uh, at left tackle and right tackle. 
Yeah, and I think that that's probably true. And what you really want to see here is the Titans take advantage of at least what last year was a Saint, a weak Saints run defense. See if you can get Derrick Henry going. See if you can mix in Tajay Spears for some change of pace looks and some explosive plays because like the, the big element that was missing from the Titans offense last year was that explosive play element. And if they can hit a few of those in this game, especially early on, that could set the tempo. If they have one of those games like... Remember the Baltimore playoff game that they won in 2019, the Packers game on Thursday Night Football last year. You hit a few explosive plays early in the game, build up a bit of a lead, and then you can run out the clock with Derrick Henry and that and that, you know, just pound them into to submission. I think that that's a formula that, that could work in this game if they can find those explosive plays. Can DeAndre Hopkins beat Marshawn Lattimore on the outside? Or is DeAndre Hopkins going to not even be matched up there because Tim Kelly is going to play him in the slot a lot more than we've seen in the past given his you know aging status? Is Traylon Burks going to be healthy enough to make an impact? Is Chris Moore going to be a guy that we've been underrating all offseason? Like, these are all crucial elements to the Titans finding those explosive plays and ultimately winning this ballgame. Well, I'm, I'm glad you sort of brought up the Saints defense and, and a couple of, of points there that I want to hit on because, you know, this is a great test, I think, for the Tim Kelly offense and a great debut for the a great opponent to debut the Tim Kelly offense because as much as we want to see a more well-balanced offense, we want them to pass the ball more, we want to see more explosives, we also don't want them to be stubborn. The other They were stubborn, too stubborn last year running the ball, but we don't want them to be stubborn and ignore the run when it's working, right? So... This is a very interesting matchup to test that sort of offensive reform, if you will, because the Saints couldn't stop a nosebleed against the run last year. I think they had the 25th ranked run defense in the NFL. You know what they were really good at? Stopping the pass. They had the second ranked Mm -hmm. pass defense last year. They allowed like 185 passing yards per game. Finished second only to the Philadelphia Eagles. And you probably remember how great that secondary was last year, right? With, With Chauncey Gardner, Johnson, and everyone they had. When I look at the Saints uh, secondary, they're three deep at the corner position. You talked about Marshawn Lattimore. What a fantastic matchup that would be for neutrals, right, going against DeAndre Hopkins. Paulson Adebo is a terrific corner coming out of Stanford. Everyone sort of slept on because he, he was hurt those last couple of years. Well, turns out he was just he's just as good as we thought he was initially when he broke out at Stanford. And then, and then the third corner entering his sophomore year, I believe, is Alante Taylor out of the University yep. of Tennessee. By the way, imagine how many more Titans fans there'd be if they drafted Alante Taylor, if they drafted a Tennessee volunteer. No, I'll we're not getting aside. into the whole. We're not getting into the Titans Twitter dispute <laughs> that's been going on for a week about how the Titans have spit in the Vols' faces or whatever the heck that was. Like, we're just gonna stay away from that. If you know what I'm talking about, good for you. If you don't, you're better off. <laughs> no, all kidding. I had to do it. All kidding aside, Alante Taylor, former volunteer, is a phenomenal player. So they're three deep at corner. I will say, though, if they do move DeAndre Hopkins around and play him against the slot, that's probably the best matchup you're going to get, right, is against Alante Taylor uh, because he's the most, ex- certainly the most inexperienced corner of the trio uh, that they have. And they got really good safeties, too. You know, the Honey Badger is still back there. Tyron Matthew, Titans fans will remember him well, of course, from his Texans days and a real physical partner that he has in Marcus May. So this is an outstanding second- secondary. They didn't concede anything against the pass last year. It's a great test for the Titans' new-look weapons. I know, you know, Traylon Burks entering year two. I'm still including him in sort of new look, right? As a, as a sophomore that's expected to take a big jump, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. They went out to and got him 
to elevate this receiving core while well, they're going up against a really, really good secondary on Sunday. Can they figure them out? How much do they even try, uh, so to speak, to figure them out? That'll be sort of telling regarding the Tim Kelly offense. And do they just say, hey, this team can't stop the run or they couldn't stop it last year? Uh, we're going to pound Derrick Henry. We're going to mix in a little Tajay Spears. Hell, maybe even a little Julius Chestnut and stick to what we know. It may not be a bad strategy in all honesty, right? If they can't stop the run, then you just run the king all day long. But it's a fascinating matchup to test, I think, how different the Tim Kelly offense uh, is. Yeah, no kidding. And, you know, we cannot talk about the Saints defense without mentioning Demario Davis, the middle linebacker, who he's been, you know, one of the better linebackers in the league for the majority of his career. What kind of impact is he going to have on this game, especially on the run game? He was there last year, and they weren't that great at stopping the run. But if he can get some free rushes into the backfield and stop Derrick Henry before he gets going, that could be an area to watch. It's going to be important for those, you know, the lead blockers, whoever's playing that lead blocker role, Trevon Wesco, Chigakonquo, and the, the guards to be able to climb to the second level and make sure they get a body in front of Demario Davis. Yeah, he's an outstanding player. I think the issue last year was interior linemen. They, they had a fairly easy time climbing to the second level. Right. Those D tackles weren't getting any penetration. And, and that's why they went out and got new ones. Right? As I said, they're starting two new guys up front. So, but as I, this is a fascinating fast. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins and Marshawn Lattimore, if we get to see that, I almost hope we do get to see that because talk about must watch television. Titans want to see if they're 30, if this 30 old receiver is different than the past two. They had no <laughs> luck with Robert Woods and Julio Jones. Well, talk about a matchup right out of the gate. Right. If DeAndre Hopkins can come out there, and get the better of Marshawn Lattimore, and he looks straight doing it, and he has, you know, he catches seven balls for 100 yards, eight balls for 100 yards, and and Marshawn Lattimore, you know, he's going to win his reps, but ultimately Hopkins wins the war against Marshawn Lattimore. I don't care that it's only one week. I'd be ready to throw my concerns right out the window, right? This guy still got it. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore is one of the best cover corners in all of football, so I mean, if Hawkins is failing to separate and they're not really looking his way and Marshawn Lattimore is eliminating one side of the field, we're not going to go into full-blown crisis mode, right? That would be silly. But I do think the sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The trauma, maybe, of the (laughs) Julio Jones and Robert Woods experience will probably creep into the minds of Titans fans and you'll wonder, oh boy, I, I hope they haven't made another mistake here. Hey, if it's a good game like you said, I think the Titans Pro Shop needs to get ready to sell some Hopkins jerseys. That's what I heard you say. You're ready to throw your concerns out the window and <laughs> buy some merch, right? All right. Um. Anyway, let's flip things over here and talk about the Saints offense and the Titans trying to stop them because we really have no idea what the Saints offense is going to look like. We, there's not a lot to rely on from past years. Derek Carr is a veteran quarterback, of course probably going to bring in some concepts that he liked from his time with the Raiders. You're going to see some of the concepts that the Saints liked from last year, obviously worked in there. But a huge deal is running back Alvin Kamara is suspended for the first three games. He will not play in this matchup. His backup or one of his backups, I guess, Kendra Miller is also going to be out for this game with injury. So it's going to be up to Jamal Williams, who's led the NFL in touchdowns last year with Detroit to carry the, the load of this running game. And then the receiver position is also a mystery. Michael Thomas has played very little football in the past two or three years. He was one of the best receivers in the game before that point. But, um, you know, with with all the injury concerns and the health, the non-lack of health that he's shown, 
We don't know what kind of player that the Titans are going to be seeing in Michael Thomas. At the same time, Chris Olave, a very effective rookie receiver over 1,000 yards, but is he going to be the same guy he was last year, or is he going to take a step forward and be a dominant number one receiver? They also have Jawan Johnson, an up-and-coming tight end that apparently has a great connection with Derek Carr. So I think this Saints offense, it's going to be, it might take the Titans, uh, you know, the first half just to get a grip on what they're really up against. All of that will not matter if the Titans' defensive line can dominate the Saints' offensive line. The great equalizer in football is if you can't block, you can't run your offense. So it'll be really interesting to see how the Saints try to attack the Titans. Do they try to run the ball with Jamal Williams? Do they pass the ball to their running backs even without Alvin Kamara? And how good is this Saints receiving duo going to be? I mean, I'm really high on Chris Olave. I'll say that. I think he takes a step this year and, and, and develops into a bona fide number one receiver. I mean, he had 1,000 yards last year as a rookie with Andy Dalton as his quarterback. I, I'd be stunned if it didn't get better um, with Derek Carr. I'm going to make a point, and I'm going to pat myself on the back because I think this is a really good point, and I haven't seen it talked about enough anywhere previewing this matchup. You know what one of the keys to this will be? And I love the matchup for both sides, actually, on paper. I'm, I'm fascinated to watch. Titans red zone defense, goal line mm. defense against the New Orleans Saints red zone offense. Because when I think of the Tennessee Titans, they've been outstanding typically under Mike Vrabel in the red zone, right? They've been opportunistic. They forced a lot of turnovers down there. They forced a bunch of turnovers on the goal line uh, last season. Um, they break up passes in the end zone. You might nickel and dime them down the field, but they always tighten things up when it gets into the red zone and they force field goal attempts. And that's the key to a great red zone defense. Well, when I look at this New Orleans Saints offense, I'm expecting, I, I imagine they're expecting to have a very good red zone offense, right? When I look at the personnel, you get down to the goal line, if I'm the New Orleans Saints, no matter the opponent, it's no disrespect to the Titans, obviously, I feel really good about Jamal Williams and Taysom Hill down there at the goal line and, and running a power yeah. running game, right? Jamal Williams, what didn't he lead the league in touchdowns last year? Like he's an outstanding he goal line back. And laugh all you want about Taysom Hill. He is a good weapon to utilize at the goal line. Well, then I look at another position for the Saints. They got a three-headed monster at tight end that I don't think is getting enough credit. We've talked a little about Jawan Johnson. He's played a, you know, quote-unquote, the big slot position for them at times. He's a handful. He's a big boy. They've got Foster Moreau, who they signed, who's already got great chemistry with Derek Carr, right, from their days together in Vegas. And laugh all you want about the Jimmy Graham signing. I expect Jimmy Graham's going to make some plays for them in the end zone this season, right? He doesn't have to be a, he doesn't have yeah. to create a ton of separation down at the goal line, right? Like it, all it takes is a sliver. Then he uses that big frame to box defenders out like he has throughout his career. I, Jimmy Graham's probably going to catch a couple more touchdowns this year than the average fan anticipates. So when I think of Jamal Williams, I think of Taysom Hill, I think of Jawan Johnson, I think of Jimmy Graham, like this should be a really, really good red zone offense. Well, that's a really good red zone defense on the other side, right? Or it has been traditionally with the Tennessee Titans. And we think it will be again with the D line that they have. So I, I cannot wait. Hopefully the Saints never get into the red zone, right? That's always the hope <laughs> for the Titans defense, but I can't wait to see the Saints red zone offense against the Titans red zone defense. And I wouldn't shock me if whoever wins that battle wins this game. Yeah, I mean, converting a, a touchdown opportunities into touchdowns versus field goals is going to be huge for this game. And both teams are going to need to convert in the red zone. Really excited to see what the Titans' new additions on defense can bring. Arden Key, especially the energy that he brings, the juice off the edge. 
How does Harold Landry look on the other side of him? How do the, those two play off each other with Jeffrey Simmons, Tier Tart, Danico Autry all rotating in, getting snaps? How much, you know, how much is gonna, people like Rashad Weaver or Travis Gibson going to add and and just help keep everyone on that defensive line fresh because it's a deep group. We've been talking about it all all summer and especially over the last couple of weeks. So, I think that that is where the Titans can win this game. At the same time, you got Aziz Alshire at middle linebacker, a new addition who only played a little bit in the preseason, but had a tackle for loss, looked really good out there. Sean Murphy bunting, stepping in at cornerback to really give the Titans a solid trio when healthy. And you'd expect, given that it's only week one, that they will be at least be healthy for this matchup. And then you talk about one of the best safety tandems, if not the best safety tandem behind them, Kevin Byard and Amani Hooker. We don't necessarily love the depth in the secondary, but it's week one. You'd hope you won't need to go to that depth undoubtedly someone will go down for a few a few snaps might need a breather here and there but i think overall i really like what this titans defense can be the potential they have and i want to see if they can live up to it in this first game because you know Derek carr kind of been viewed up and down throughout his career had that mvp level season in 2016 when he broke his leg it hasn't really ever been back to that same level but last year was the first time in how many years that he threw for under 4,000 yards? First time in one, two, three, four, five, six seasons that he threw for under 4,000 yards. So this is a very prolific passer who can get the job done. Uh, I'm just really excited to see how it all plays out. I mean, I, I don't have a ton to add, but I just want to say he's a good quarterback. Like, I, I've never really understood the disrespect for Derek Carr. He's an above average starting quarterback, and the Saints should be thrilled to have him. And I, and in and, and their division, He's by far the best quarterback, right? There's a ton of uncertainty there with, you know, uh, you know Desmond Ritter in Atlanta, Bryce Young uh, in Carolina, and then, of course, Baker Mayfield in Tampa. Like, they've got the best quarterback, and they should feel good about their chances to win this division because of Carr, in all honesty. So I'm not going into this matchup thinking it's a cupcake. Look, Carr and, and, and Josh McDaniels just didn't work out, right? It is what it is. You, you agree to part ways. He's a good quarterback. He's in a better environment now for him with the familiarity that he has with Dennis Allen. Of course, Allen is a defensive-minded coach, but that familiarity is still going to help uh, him probably acclimate quicker than your average starting quarterback would to a new destination. So I think Carr's a good quarterback, and I'm certainly not uh, underestimating this matchup. Yeah, and I think we've said all we can say here about this, unless you have anything else to add before we bring in our guest. No, let's bring him in, man. I'm, I'm excited to get back into the preview uh, era, so to speak, of this show. And we're going to come in and, and ask some questions about Derek Carr and Penning and Kamara and, and Olave and all that good stuff. So let's bring him in. Okay, well, let's bring in our guest now. He's a writer for The Spun, covering all things New Orleans Saints, Chris Rosevoglu. Chris, thanks for joining us today. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to talk, uh, you know, football. Week one's finally here. It's been a long time coming, so I can't wait to chat with you guys. Yeah, no doubt. Chris, we're all excited, and uh, we appreciate you coming on to give us the Saints perspective for this preview pod. Um, I think I would be silly if I didn't start with Derek Carr, the quarterback, the most important position in all of sports. I get the impression that there's a lot of excitement, right? But I'm going to turn that over to you and ask because he didn't play a ton in the preseason, but he did play that one series, I believe, right, against the Kansas City Chiefs in week one. And I saw some excitement from the fan base on Twitter. The offense was firing on all cylinders, right? I think it went, I think he went six for eight, 70 yards with a touchdown, essentially a perfect drive. And then we didn't see him the rest of the preseason, right? Which indicates the coaches felt like they didn't have to see anything. Uh, what sort of is the excitement level here? I feel like this fan base has sort of been craving above average quarterback play, certainly since, you know, Drew Brees' retirement. 
Yeah, you, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head there in terms of getting above average quarterback play. And I think getting stability is a big thing, too. And I know uh, if we go back two seasons ago, yes, the Saints were five and two when Jameis was starting with Sean Payton. And Saints fans were kind of excited about that, but the offense wasn't exactly moving the football great. And then to make matters worse, he ends up tearing his ACL. And from there on out, we saw Trevor Simeon. We've seen Taysom Hill. We've seen Ian Book. And then last year, for 14 games, Andy Dalton as a starter. So, yeah, I think there is a lot of excitement in that regard. I think there has to be a certain level of containment because I don't think Derek Carr is, you know, the elite level type of quarterback, like let's say, uh, you know, an Aaron Rodgers who got traded earlier to the Jets. But I do think Derek Carr gives the Saints that stable option, and I think he gets them back to their roots offensively. Because one thing that I think the Saints struggled with a ton, and fans were really frustrated about this and they'll get back to normal, is having the quarterback being able to call out all the protections, making sure they see the blitzes coming. And that's something that Jameis wasn't really strong with. And as a result, the center, Eric McCoy, was for the most part all season long pretty much in charge of all those protections and those calls. And I think the Saints are glad to go back to that. And you mentioned the preseason. It's just one drive, but six of eight, methodically moving down the ball, uh, the field. Uh, I think that was a pretty good sign for Derek Carr, and hopefully he can get back to what we kind of saw in 2021 as opposed to 2022. But I speak for a lot of people when I say I'm definitely excited to see what the the possibilities are for New Orleans, especially offensively. Chris, I want to make it very clear before I get to my next question that I'm, I've got nothing against the New Orleans Saints. We're uncommon opponents. I've got nothing against them at all. But I think I speak for every Titans fan when I say we do not feel sorry for your franchise. You have to spend three years in quarterback purgatory after having one of the best quarterbacks of all time for 20 years for crying out loud. I mean, uh, but that that's the national football league, right? As soon as you, you lose that quarterback, it's that create that anxiousness to get one back. So I think they found a good one here in Derek Carr, all kidding aside um, with a new quarterback coming in, there, there's typically an acclimation period involved, right? But do you get the sense or I get a sentiment that, because he's familiar with Dennis Allen, do you think they're going to be able to hit the ground running a little quicker than you typically would when uh, when you've got a new starting quarterback in town? I would think so. And I think another factor of that is also, and I know it was a controversial move throughout the offseason, but the Saints brought in John Gruden for a little bit of minicamp and a little bit of training camp. And I guess the goal there is to hope that because of the West Coast terminology in the playbook that's pretty similar to what he went with through with Gruden – that there isn't kind of this adjustment period for, you know, one to three weeks where you're like, all right, by maybe October, he'll hit the ground running. Like you said, I think to that point, that's why New Orleans should expect a little bit of a faster start. Now, I don't know how much of that gets affected by whether or not the O-line is going to do their job, because obviously, and I'm sure you guys will bring it up later with the Titans matchup, if you're not protecting the interior of that D-line against a Simmons-led defensive line, it, it's going to be a problem. So I'm curious to see how that goes. But in terms of Derek Carr having – I'd say a good pulse of the playbook and kind of being able to keep everyone in the right spot. I think he'll be able to do that. I I don't have any concerns there. I think it all just comes down to whether or not they run the football well to give him that compliment and that balance. But I think in terms of the passing game, I, I feel like Derek will, will get off to a pretty decent start this year. And Chris, while we're talking about the offense, obviously Alvin Kamara's suspension looms over the whole skill position group. Who, who do you see as the biggest threat on that side of the ball without Kamara and you know, like, what's the health status of Michael Thomas? What's the breakout expectation for Chris Olave? Uh, obviously, like, the big tight end is a huge component, too. Who, who do you think the Titans need to be most wary of going into this matchup? Yeah, I think, you know, the the easy play is probably a guy like Chris Olave who's going into that year, two, and everyone's kind of expecting him 
to be that big piece. But I would actually say another guy is Juwan Johnson, uh, the tight end, who's developed a really quick relationship with Derek Carr. And I think throughout training camp, he said about 15 times, you know, I just feel like we've been teammates for multiple years, not just like we're just learning each other, uh, how we operate. So I think that's a connection that can really bode well for New Orleans. And we saw last year, Juwan Johnson went from someone who was on no one's radars to all of a sudden you're looking at him having 400 plus receiving yards, about seven touchdowns. He had a really good year. So can he take that next step? And I think Derek Carr has shown over the years that he works well with tight ends. I think back to what he was able to do with Darren Waller, even in a limited capacity last year, Foster Moreau had some good games there. So that would be someone I'd look at. And as for the Michael Thomas thing, you know, he's healthy right now, but I think it's one of those where I can't just be like, oh, I, I feel great for him to play, you know, X amount of games because unfortunately we haven't seen that the last couple of years. You know, last year against the Falcons, he looked great week one. And I thought, okay, Michael Thomas is back. And then two weeks later, he gets hurt again. So I feel kind of, I'd say I'm cautiously optimistic that he's looking good. And I know that in practice, he's looked great. And the fact that they played him in the first preseason game means they felt comfortable enough to put him out there. But I just don't know how long his body holds up. So I'd say Chris Olave would be the main factor there. I look at Juwan Johnson and whether or not he could have that breakout year yet again and improve off the 2022 season. And then the ground game, I'm fascinated to see what happens now because Kendra Miller's injured right now. Obviously, no Alvin for the first three games. Who's going to be that compliment to Jamal Williams or do the Saints just kind of go with a power run game with Jamal and also maybe sprinkling in a little bit of Taysom Hill? I think that's the one that might be a question mark for New Orleans. Interesting. Yeah. And flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, last season, the Saints struggled a bit to stop the run, but they were outstanding against the pass. Do you think the focus in this game will be to to slow down Derrick Henry and force the Titans to air it out? I think it has to be. And I think one of the the most absurd stats I've ever seen is I don't think Dennis Allen's defense has ever gone up against Derrick Henry. I, I know the, the time they were supposed to meet a couple of years ago, mm. uh, he was out for that game. And, and that was one of those matchups right. where the Saints used to be a really, really good run defense. So I wanted to see kind of, you know, that, that unstoppable force versus the immovable object this time around though, the Saints could not stop the run last year at all. And as a result, they brought in new guys. They brought in Colin Saunders of the chiefs. They brought in Nathan Shepard of the jets drafted Brian Brzee out of Clemson. This is a really good first test, you know, to see how that revamped D-line holds up. And I think for them, that's definitely going to be the emphasis in terms of stopping the run. Because I think although the Titans added, you know, maybe a future Hall of Famer and DeAndre Hopkins, I think the Saints like their chances if Lattimore's healthy to say, okay, Hopkins might win some battles, but we know Lattimore's going to win his share. So I definitely think there's a concern on stopping Derrick Henry. And I, I think, you know, regardless of what happened last year with Derrick not being at 100%, I still think he's one of the premier backs. I'd imagine the Saints are going to treat him just as such. So I think it's going to be a good battle, really good test for the Saints D-line. And because they're fairly new, I would still go advantage Derrick Henry. But I I think the Saints have to prove in certain moments that they can stop the run. Because if not, teams like the Falcons in their own division, who love to run the football, will probably take some notes. Right. You mentioned, Chris, the defensive line, the Titans defensive line earlier, and 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 I do have a, a question that you probably don't expect regarding the Titans D-line. It's a little bit different, but what I want to focus on is Trevor Penning. You know, second-year left tackle, obviously a first-round pick last year. They traded that. There was that peculiar pick swap with the Eagles. May or may not have worked out, depending on who you ask. Penning didn't have a great rookie year. Injury, you know, ended it early. Some inconsistencies when he was on the field. This is a huge test for him. I I think this Titans D-line, it doesn't sound like you're underrating them, but they're typically underrated nationally. I mean, you look at lists around the league. I think, was it Warren Sharp's list, Braver, that that had the Titans D-line at like 24th or 25th in the NFL? I mean, we're Titans guys, but we struggle to understand that with Jeffrey Simmons and 
on the edge, you know, Arden Key, who's a, a, a first-year guy for them, uh, had a terrific training camp. Dina Coatri is still an unbelievable talent. And they're getting Harold Landry back from a season-ending torn ACL, and, and they've been very impressed uh, with how Landry sort of, uh, you know, worked his way back into the lineup. Luckily, he tore it in August, so he, he's more than 12 months removed now. I imagine Penning is going to see all three of Key, Landry, and Autry at some point throughout this game. Huge test for him. What sort of the Saints' confidence level or your confidence level about Trevor Penning heading into this one and more so heading into his sophomore year? Yeah, I think the, the one word that you mentioned earlier, and I think that's something that we even saw in the preseason, is just the inconsistency aspect. And I and I know it's going to take time because against small school uh, prospect, you know, moving from from Northern Iowa, all of a sudden you're becoming that that left tackle of an NFL franchise. Obviously, he's not the quickest adjustment, but I think for him, it's always a mixed bag. There's some moments in the preseason where I'll go back to the Chargers game in the second week of the preseason. He looked great, and then the next play, I felt like he just completely whiffed on his run assignment, and all of a sudden. Their play gets blown up behind the line of scrimmage. So I think he's going to have his hands full. I would go as far to say, not just for this game, but the entire season for the Saints, if Derek Carr is like the most important player for the Saints this year, Trevor Penning might be number two in terms of you got to protect your quarterback and you got to show improvement. But I agree with you. I think the Titans defensive line, uh, I know Saints fans have been mentioning it. I think the the issue though, and I could say this for a lot of fans, is there's so much attention on Simmons and then we don't talk about the other guys who you mentioned but I do think this is a defensive line that can give the Saints fits specifically on that left side because I think with the right side, I think Ryan Ramchick's kind of earned that respect and trust for the Saints and being able to hold his assignment. Same thing goes for Cesar Ruiz. But that left side, you have Penning, who's going to be in his first year as the full-time starter, which we'll see how that goes. I, I think he's going to win his fair share of reps, but I think when he loses them, they're, they're outright losses. They're not those type of plays where, where it's a it's a break here and there. It's It, it gets ugly from time to time. And then you're looking at James Hurst, who was last year's left tackle playing at left guard. So how does he kind of respond to that challenge? So I think that Penning will be up there in terms of the key players for week one. And I think this is a really good kind of litmus test for him to see where he's at his progression. But I don't think the Saints feel like he's where he's supposed to, where he will eventually get. I think they're okay with the progress right now, but I think they'd like to see him continue to take those next steps. But the problem is he didn't get as many preseason reps as they wanted because they kept saying, okay, last year he got hurt in the preseason. And after every drive this year, they go, okay, he made it out alive. Let's pull him off for next week. So I think he still needs more reps. And obviously that's going to come with time. But I do think that that this is going to be a really tough challenge. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of moments for him where he's kind of left shaking his head. Thanks, Chris. That's really great insight. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here with one final question. We sort of do this every week with our weekly preview guests, but if you had to guess today, how would you see this game unfolding? How would you predict the game flow to break down? And then maybe if you're up to it, give us a final score prediction. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really gritty game. I think when I look at this, this, these two teams, I think you're looking at, you know, a Titans team that, you know, you talked about the defensive line being underrated. I think that the Titans in general just right now are kind of underrated. Like I see everyone and I get why everyone's like on the Jaguars, but no one kind of talks about the Titans and whether or not they could be a playoff sleeper and things of that nature. So I think for New Orleans, there's two things I'm looking at. It's that they historically don't start off great in September. And number two, I think the Titans have a massive coaching advantage in this one. Like, I love the Saints roster. I think the Saints have the pieces to contend. But I know when you go Dennis Allen versus Mike Vrabel, I'm talking about a guy that consistently makes the playoffs versus a coach that's best season is 7-10. and 10. So I think for me, it wouldn't shock me if this game is – I think it's going to be close throughout the way, but it wouldn't shock me if if there was a team that does pull away would be Tennessee because of the coaching uh, advantage, I'd say, that goes their way. But I think this is kind of be going to be a gritty game. I think it's going to be defense heavy, especially because 
I don't know if the Titans are necessarily explosive enough offensively to maybe go against a, a Dennis Allen defense and put up, let's say, a 30-point spot. But I also think for the Saints offense without Alvin, I think there's going to be kind of those hiccups because you mentioned that opening preseason drive with Derek Carr. A lot of it was through Alvin. I thought he looked really sharp on that one drive. So missing that element of him and he could do anything in the pass and the run, that's going to hurt. But I think we're kind of looking along the, the, the ballpark of like a 24-20 game, something around that. And I, I tweeted a couple of days ago, and I'm going to kind of stay true to it. I think this game's going to come down to a kick from Blake Rupi, the rookie kicker of the Saints, who won their kicking competition. I just feel like the football gods work in weird ways, and he won the kicker competition over Lutz. And they'll say, okay, maybe the Saints are down one, maybe the Saints are down two. He's got a chance to win it. I don't know whether or not the kick would be hit, but that's kind of where I'm in that <laughs> ballpark of, I think this is going to be a really, really close game. And, and right now I'm kind of stuck in the middle. Maybe, just maybe home field advantage gives the Saints a little swing in my mind, but I, I don't know if I'd even go there because I do think Rable will have a big advantage over Dennis Allen. Yeah, those are all great points, especially the under 30 point when the Titans scored 30 in exactly zero games last season. So it would be <laughs> a big surprise if they do that in week one this year against Dennis Allen's defense. Gra Graver, I, I think I'm mistaken, Chris, for a Titans fan. He's, you know, comes down to a kick and we've got <laughs> no idea if he's going to make it or not. Right. It sounds like the Titans for the last 10 years. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's how week one ended for the Titans last year, except it was a Titans kicker going for it, and it was a miss, and the Titans lost to the Giants. Um, thanks again, Chris, for your time. Really appreciate your insight. If you're out there on Twitter, follow Chris at Ross, Ross Voglu Report. That's R-O-S-V-O-G-L-O-U Report. And uh, keep an eye on his timeline during this game because he'll give you insights that you won't find on Titans Twitter. Chris, enjoy this season. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Can't wait to see what happens week one, guys. All right. Thanks again to Chris for joining us. Really appreciate his time. Let's get into our own predictions here, Justin, as we close out this week one preview episode. Um, before we get to our predictions, I want to try something new this year where I, tw I tweeted this out earlier today asking for some of our listeners to give us their predictions. And I want to read some here because there's a few that are pretty good. Uh, one of them that I like here comes from Craig at Casual Titan Fan 3. Prediction, Henry reminds everyone he's still the king. Titans pull out a win in a bit of a slugfest. I do think that that is what we're looking at here for this game, a bit of a slugfest. And if Derrick Henry can run for, you know, 100 yards and a touchdown, I think the Titans stand a good chance. Here's another one that I really liked. Mike Vrabel throws one challenge flag in flamboyant fashion and Ryan Stonehouse bags a 69-yard punt. Wow. What do you think of that one? <laughs> wow. I've, why do I feel like the number 69 was not chosen by accident on that one? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, last one I'm going to read. This one comes from Thomas Sumter. Prediction, the defense sends a message to the league, gets at least five sacks, three turnovers, and 10 tackles for loss, not including the sacks. Jeffrey Simmons won't be the best player statistically this Sunday, but he will cause more destruction than a pissed off Godzilla. That's a pretty good description of Jeffrey Simmons. I love that. I mean, Godzilla is usually not very happy. So can you imagine what a pissed off Godzilla looks like? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, you know, Jeffrey Simmons is going to wreck shop. We've been talking about how good the Titans D line is. Some question marks on the Saints O line, as we just heard from Chris. So that could be the determining factor. I mean, it's kind of cliche, but whoever wins in the trenches in the NFL oftentimes will win the game. What do you have for this one, Justin? What are you looking to see final score wise from the Titans? Can they get a week one win for the first time since what, 2018? <laughs> I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to say yes, they do win this game. I think it's going to be close. I hope it's not just the bias in me here, but I think Titans win. I agree with most of the 
predictions. It's going to be a, a slugfest. I agree with what Chris said. I agree with the predictions you just read. Uh, the defense first kind of game. Who wins in the trenches? Can the Titans get Derrick Henry going? I think the King will be good enough. I'm going Titans 23, Saints 20. And uh, foolish of me there, I misspoke. The last time the Titans won in week one was 2020, Monday Night Football in Denver. Forgot about that game. But yeah, no, I like your prediction there. I do think the Titans should be able to get it done. Look, we've been talking about how they're underrated, how we expect them to win the AFC South. If you've been following the YouTube channel, we got a video up now explaining exactly why they're going to win the AFC South. So check that one out if you missed it. And it all starts here in week one. You got to go in and prove that you're better than this Saints team that is going to be probably above average probably win a weak division, but are they one of the NFL's best teams? I don't think they will be. And if the Titans want to have the season they want to have, they need to get this win. I'm going to go Titans win 21-17 here. Uh, Nick Folk only used three times for three extra points. Uh, no field goals needed in this one, but all right, that will do it for our preview. Let us know what you think is going to happen in the comments below. Give us your final score predictions. Give us your MVP predictions. Are the Titans going to start off the season with a win? Let us know in the comments. Make sure you're subscribed to the Music City Audible. We got more content coming later this week, talking about key matchups to watch and things like that. So be sure you're following along on the channel. Turn on notifications so you get an alert every time we drop a new video. Make sure you're following Justin on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL. You can follow me at Titans Film Room. All right, until next time, y'all stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.